Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence, a nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night, and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. George Norrie with you. Judge Jim Gray with us. We'll take calls with the judge next hour as we talk about all kinds of issues that affect all kinds of folks. Jim, you you advocated, of course, that the drug laws be really kicked back. Back in when? Ninety two. It was George <laughs> twenty six years ago. Wow. Amazing. Gosh, you were way ahead of your time, my friend. Way well, ahead. Well, it's a curse. But it's a, from my position, a military criminal defense attorney, a federal prosecutor, a judge at that time for about nine years, it was so abundantly clear to me that we could do it better or we probably couldn't do it worse if we tried. And uh, people are now beginning to see you. I belong to a group called LEAP, which is Law Enforcement Action Partnership. It's a speakers group. There are about 200 legal professionals in law enforcement that are speaking the same way I am. So we're really gaining in, in impetus here, and it's about time. Because I think the war on drugs has been a failure. I have advocated legalizing uh, cocaine, heroin, everything. Yes. And am, yes. am I off base or not? No, George, I've taken the public position that drug prohibition is the biggest failed policy in the history of our country, second only to slavery, and and I can back that up. Any listener can call in and present something near and dear to their heart, and I will show them how it's made worse because of drug prohibition. It's just amazingly failed policy. And I don't think it's going to increase drug use. I, I really don't. I, I think people who are going to use drugs will find it right now, legal or otherwise. Well, in uh, uh, Portugal, they found that the uh, deaths on the highways were decreased after they legitimized and, and decriminalized all of these drugs because, yes, more people use marijuana, but fewer people were using alcohol. And if you're going to abuse one or the other, uh, marijuana is not as impairing as alcohol. Uh, you know, so there, there are benefits. But when it comes down to it, if they're going to use them at least, bring them closer to medical professionals that can help them instead of driving them farther away. Exactly. And I would guess crime would go down, too, in terms of robberies and things like that. If you could regularly get uh, your drugs, you know, at a clinic, let's say, uh, you know, at free or whatever, it's going to reduce that, isn't it? And that's true. In fact, that's an experiment that's gone on for now a couple of decades in Switzerland, where they actually prescribe heroin so you can get it at pharmaceutical prices and under medically controlled circumstances. The shoplifting, for example, in the neighborhoods surrounding clinics went down sevenfold because if you're even arrested, you're off the program, and people realize, wow, I'm going to be behind the eight ball if I can't get these uh, medically controlled uh, drugs. So that's where we're going, and we will go there. But the big one, the big factor here is marijuana, because I suggest maybe 85% of everybody in the country that uses any form of illicit substance uses only marijuana. So if we were to regulate and control that for adults, uh, the, the sheer numbers of everybody else in the country using every other illegal drug combined would not justify this colossal bureaucracy we have to fight the war on drugs. It's money, George. It's, it's just money that's running this. Show. It really is. And I want everybody to know I'm not endorsing that you 
to go out and use drugs, heroin, cocaine, even pot. You know, if you can avoid it, avoid it. But just, you know, by putting people in jail for things like this, it's 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 ridiculous. It's overtaxing our jails and, and our resources and everything else. Truly so. And in fact, the mandatory minimum sentences, I mean, all of these things are just uh, we, we've gone crazy with trying to resolve our problems using jails and prisons, and it just just is ruining people's lives. It's ruining families. Uh, it, it's just tearing us apart. And by the way, uh, we found in studies that in 1990 we were only half as successful in prosecuting homicides nationwide as we had been in 1980. Why? Because the Reagan administration, again, ratcheted up the war on drugs, and we're using all of these resources prosecuting nonviolent drug offenders. We didn't have then the resources to prosecute the robbers, rapers, and murderers. So, again, it just goes on and on. Now, Judge, here's a problem. I think our black ops programs are funded by drug money. Uh, There's no question that uh, after we went in and took over Afghanistan and got the Taliban out, who had controlled the poppy production to a minimum, uh, and that's how you get heroin, that now it's flourishing. I've been told that we've even had some of our tremendous U.S. troops guarding the fields and protecting them. I think that money's going to black ops programs. George, it's amazing how much corruption a million dollars in cash can buy. Uh, and, And, you know, we tried actually for a while to take out the opium fields in Afghanistan. It was so disruptive that finally the DEA was instructed to leave them alone. All I would ask is people understand how much corruption you could buy for a million dollars in cash and uh, take it from there. It, it's, it's shocking. What else is on your bucket list these days? Well, I'm involved with trying to reform our bail system, and that's something a little more esoteric that people really don't understand. But bail is meant to do two things. It's meant to keep people to come to trial, uh, and it's also meant to try to keep people from being harmful to others during in, during the interim, if they're going to threaten witnesses or the rest. But I hope everyone listening here would agree with me that it's simply flat-out wrong to punish somebody before they've been convicted of an offense. And today we have in so many jurisdictions, most states, we just have a, a, a bail schedule so if you're charged with an assault and battery or something, they'll look at the schedule, they'll figure out whether you have any prior convictions, and they'll come up with a formula saying, okay, we're going to put $7,500 in bail on you, which means that you're going to have to come up with $750, 10%, in order to be released before trial. Most people cannot afford that. About 60% of everybody in jail in Orange County, where I'm from, Los Angeles, where I think you're from, are there without having been convicted yet. And most of them are there because they just don't have access to money. So let's put in a different system that has a detention release officer, a human being actually, that can look at you, figure out what the, the seriousness of the offense is, figure out if you have children in school, you're very unlikely to fly, fly right. to jurisdiction. You're not going to be a flight sort of risk. That's right. And we just we have debtors' prison in effect in our country today because of this, and that's something that needs to be redone. Also, one more point, and that is because we're so overcrowded, George, in our jails that we are releasing early people that have been convicted, but we don't have room for them, so we release them early, which makes kind of a mockery of the system in order to keep people that have not been convicted incarcerated. Interesting. So this is something we need to do. And is bail bail reform being looked at all around the country? Yes, sir. 
Uh, we are in California. There's a measure right now before the legislature. Uh, Texas has already done it. Uh, and by the way, too, if you have a human being doing this, say you have mental health problems, and many of them do, I can order you as a condition of release not only to have an anklet, an electric anklet on, on you so we can tell where you are, but you start getting mental counseling as a condition of your release. Or if you have drug problems, you can get drug counseling, that sort of thing, uh, anger management. So we can start addressing the fundamental problems instead of just warehousing people. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.